Welcome to The Author Life, a limited edition podcast series featuring Jeff Elkins, where we document Jeff's journey from a desperate author to a thriving small business owner. Welcome to episode two of the podcast. I'll do a quick overview for you before we get into the conversation. Uh, In this episode, Jeff and I uh, talk about Donald Miller's story brand, uh, which was a very useful resource in our uh, upcoming conversations. In fact, we've, we focus specifically on some of the story brand concepts for episodes two, three, and four. Uh, in this, we talk about the power of the hero's journey. Uh, Jeff talks about his, uh, his day job and how that, uh, unbeknownst to him, <laughs> related to what he was building. Uh, I introduced the idea of the skill stack by Scott Adams, which is a really powerful tool. Uh, I asked Jeff, what do you want to get out of this? And, uh, you know, I asked Jeff, like, what, what he was really trying to accomplish. Uh, we talked about the excitement that Jeff felt because he felt like this was a business that he could do. Uh, we focused on the customer segments and value prop sections on the business model canvas. So that's definitely a good reference point for you. We discussed archetypes and customer segments, uh, differentiated between value prop and key activities, and uh, stress the importance of showing the customer transformation or the change of state. So those are things, like I said, uh, introduced by StoryBrand, and a lot of those concepts are on the business model canvas. Okay, let's get into the conversation for this episode. I went down some rabbit holes this week um, with the business stuff, uh, really in a great way, but like, like in a really like, thinking through things um so i definitely have questions today (laughs) all right (laughs) like i don't know what happens um yeah so it was really good for me uh the story brand book was amazing that was yeah it's really good isn't it yeah i i started reading it tuesday night and just couldn't couldn't put it down just yeah right through it well Um, i mean like we talked about before miller's a great writer first of all mm -hmm. but but the whole story brand thing like that, that whole shifting the paradigm and thinking about you're not the hero, your customer is the hero. And that is such an a powerful shift to think about. Yeah. yeah, it's night and day. And the like, you're a guide. And yeah, it's also very intimidating. Like I found, um, especially the last chapters where he's talking about like, he gets very like hero's journey at the end and like yeah. setting, setting your client out on like their hero's journey so they can like be victorious. I was like, man, that's a lot of pressure. You know, like, that's, like <laughs> I just want to talk to people about their books. I don't, <laughs> I'm not creating Hercules. Like, yeah. you know, curing cancer. That's right. Yeah. Like, and I get that like he's writing for a huge audience and some of those people actually are doing those things, yes. but I was like, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. Anyway, I also had weird, it, something you said last week about my job uniquely f- making me a unique fit for this was interesting too. Cause I was in a video shoot this week. Um, really? Yeah. So it's the first time we've ever done one over zoom which was an interesting challenge. Um, but the client, we're, we're creating a suicide prevention sim for call centers. Um, and we were supposed to video the script like a month ago. But since everything's closed down, we can't do that. So it was like, well, what if, if since you're a call center anyway, 
what if we just did an audio recording? So, mm. but serving as a director, which is part of my job is that when they, when we get to the script, I do the directing it's so for this script, I had written over 800 lines. And so like one of our character responses is like sometimes just a word or sometimes like three sentences, but it's never more than like a minute and a half. And directing involves me reading the prompt, like what the, what the care, what the user selected. And then there's an acting direction that gives one or two words emotion around the response and then the response. And so I was sitting there Thursday and Friday and I listened to this actress read 850 of my lines. Um, and and with almost every line, and this happens with every sim, with almost every line, it's like, okay, let's take these two words out and let's and let's change the tone just a little bit like this. Like, let's just flex it a little bit like this. And so, you know, I really, I'm in the middle of doing that. And I'm like, okay, there's like, I, I remember I started doing the math. And I was like, there's like three companies in the world that do something similar to what we do. Um, and of those companies, there's probably 10 of us total that direct in this way that like listen line by line by line to dialogue all day long. And I was like, and of those 10, I've done 28 of these sims in the last six years. I was like, so I'm like, I've likely done more of this than anyone else in the world has just listening to someone read a line. And so I was like, man, Jay's right. It is. I, I am weirdly positioned for what's for so what I'm doing. Everything you just said needs to be explicitly expressed in some form or fashion at some point. Gotcha. And because that is, that's what you're looking for. you um, that the, uh, oh, you know what? I don't need much time tonight on the chapter. So let's start with you. Is that cool? Okay. So yeah, we're, kind of, we're kind of already into it. Um, uh, I think his name is Scott, um, uh, the creator of Dilbert. Yeah. Name, he, he wrote a, uh, a book around, I think it's called skill stacking. Okay. And basically what he said is he's like, you know what? I am not the best cartoonist. I'm not the funniest guy. I don't know the most about office culture. But when I put those three things together, I'm the best in the world at cartooning mm. office culture. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and I, I, I'm always trying to find that too. So like for me, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm one of a few dozen story grid editors in the world. I've worked with Sean Coyne directly. And I've also published over 2 million words of fiction. Yeah. Am I the only person in the world that has done that? Uh, maybe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Possibly. so I think that's what you have to, and, and so you have that. Like, and I think yeah. that, you know, because what that does is that uniquely positions you. It, it, you're not saying I'm the best person. That, I know dialogue better than anyone in the world, or I know story better than anyone in the world, but yeah. you put, your experience together, you stack those together and, and you are the best in the world at that. And it might, like you said, you might be the only one who's, who's done that much as far as mm. writing and listening to dialogue and then rewriting it. So I think that's, that's really got to shine through when we get to your website, your, okay. your, um, your bio, like some of the nitty gritty stuff. And 
it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be belabored or we don't have to hit people over the head with it, but it, like they need to know where you're coming from because I think that is going to, you're going to become a trusted source just based on your experience. Yeah. That's a, that it's good to hear. Um, that's interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think w- with my personal lack of self-confidence, which is something I've, I have been working on my whole life. Um, it's very difficult to say that I'm the best in the world at anything. So yeah. it's a weird, it's hard to say I'm good at anything. So <laughs> like we're well, talking like a whole other. <laughs> we'll, we'll take baby steps because I, 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 I'm kind of, you know, I'm cut from the same cloth, but I think what we can start by doing is just looking at numbers. We can be like, yeah, there's only this many people in the world that do this and I'm one of them. Yeah, that's what was helpful. This, you know? Yeah, that's what was helpful this week was to be like, "Hey, I am I I do do something unique, and I'm one of the few people in the world that do it." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I I said you know, the plan I wanted to do tonight was you said you had a lot of questions coming up, so I want to make sure mm-hmm. we get to those. But I wanted to kind of frame it for you off the top by asking you like the Uber question because I don't know if we've you may have known this, but I don't think we've talked about this yet, but what, what do you want out of this? On what level? Any level, emotional, financial, personal, um, you know, you're obviously, you're excited about this. You're you're going in, like you're getting, you know, you're starting to talk to people, you're doing demos, you're, you're getting clients. So right now you're kind of in that, that really busy phase, I'm, I want you to like lift your head up a little bit and say like, where do you want to take this thing? Yeah. So I think on a personal, like like heart level, like individual personal level, um, I am oddly motivated years of therapy. I am oddly, oddly motivated uh, by helping other people. Um, I really struggle to do anything for myself. So I find, and that includes earn money, right? Like that's, it's a, it's, I mean, we could go into my therapy sessions of like my religious upbringing and how that impacted me and my, my superhero father that was inventing surgeries that saved millions of lives. Like, you know, like all of that, that's built me to be who I am, but I'm, I, I feel good when I'm helping others. So translating that to writing has been very difficult yes um because it is and i don't i'm not saying this is a criticism of anybody but it is such a glory pursuit it is such a like my work best work highest ranking work like most earning work like you know rising to the tier it's very difficult for me to stay motivated in that um so i'm very excited about this personally because it it is meeting my motivation and that like i can take what i've learned and help somebody else with it and frees me from having to put that motivation on my fiction um because like something like i was reading uh this week listening to on my the audiobook i'm on this week is uh the golden finch Um, oh yeah okay uh because i'm just i'm really fascinated surprise fiction like that like master literary level what makes i've read a ton of genre thriller like i know it backward and forward and i love it like i love 
I didn't growing up in like a, you know, ghetto high school. I didn't read these books. Um, so that's, I would love to attempt to write something like that, but I understand that like, there's also this aspect of like the places I spend my time need to be profitable for my family. So on a personal level, I'm excited because this meets my motivation on a financial level. I'm excited because this could actually give me freedom from having to try to make money with fiction. Like if I can make money here, then I have the freedom with my own fiction to explore things that I know are probably not going to be financially profitable. Yep. So like pursuing an epic literary novel, which I have one in mind that I really want to do. That's like, you know, one of these 600 page, like spanning 20 years of an individual's life. Um, I have something that I want to write, but it's like, I, Um, yeah so that's my personal level i for a like business level i'm excited about it because it for the first time maybe ever that i've started a business venture it feels like something i can do like i can do this i, I was talking to um alicia over uh email and because we're going to write a series of articles together for a different blog about diversity and liter and why diversity in fiction is important. Um, Cause when we were doing the dialogue doctor thing, we connected, we had like a good like 10 minutes on like diverse, diverse characters in fiction and why that's a passion for both of us. And so we're kind of putting together this article just for fun. And she had asked me to do her book uh, back when I first interviewed her like th four weeks ago. And at the time I was like, I can't, I can't do a book, but working with you, I'm like, no, I could do this. Like, this is something like I could write alongside somebody and like move through a book with them and be an encouraging force and like a motivating force. And so, and I could see myself doing multiple ones at a time because it's fun and it's like engaging and it's entertaining and you know, I've already done some work with writers that I would say like need a lot of craft work. Um, but even then I was having a good time. So like it's motivating for me. So on a business side, it's like, oh, this is something that could potentially be profitable and I would enjoy. Um, so it's not like, like the ghostwriting thing. The reason I took it is because we needed money. Like we needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> my wife didn't have a job at the time um, and like she had just kind of left her current job and it was like we need to fill that income hole and somebody was like waving money at me to write and I was like yeah I'll do that and so <laughs> I wrote the book proposal and it was not fun but it was yeah. like oh, I gotta get paid and like I wrote the, I wrote the first like six chapters and it was not fun it was like oh I gotta get paid uh, and then she got a job and the money <laughs> the urgency money went away <laughs> And you're like, oh, I still got to do this thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, I still got to do it. But I could see this being a business that I really enjoy doing. I love working with people. I like being in the, like, coach guide position to use um, the story brand language that, like, I love coaching. Like, I coach outside of writing. Like, I coach all my kids' basketball teams. and I, Like, I just like being a coach. So... I really enjoy that. So this, I see business-wise a convergence of a lot of things about me that I would enjoy doing, which would keep me motivated and not make it a slog.
so for that's the kind of so that's the kind of three levels for me of like what do i want out of this it's like you know personal relief to actually use my writing to help people and then that like um the the ability to have freedom financial freedom to do other things in writing It's a ghostwriting gig. I've yet to make money anyway in writing. So <laughs> the like financial freedom to actually like pursue some dreams in writing. And then finally the ability to build a business around things that I enjoy doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's my. All right, cool. Yeah. So just one thing that you, I think you may have mentioned this last week, but you said something to the fact that like, I don't want to write the book on dialogue. I'm not interested in doing that. Um, and, and I'm not going to push you on that, but here's what I want you to think about. Um, I, I know, I know why you want to do this and, and how it feels for you. And I think what could potentially happen in a very positive way is that you realize that you can help a whole lot more people if you take it to the next level. So you're fine where you are. And I, and I don't yeah. want you to be, I, I want you to keep your eyes on the prize right now and just think about, you know, the individuals that you're helping. But I think at a certain point, uh, depending on the medium, depending on um, the projects that you're working on, you might be able to help a whole lot more people in ways other than just the one-on-one coaching. It's funny you bring that up because I've, I've really, after, I talk a lot of crap. and now that you talk a lot of crap but i've noticed your brain tends to move at the same pace mine does so it's that like yeah yeah, it's that like when i get into conversation like this just saying things like my (laughs) wife is always like how long have you been thinking about that i was like just now i just made that crap up right now like (laughs) like the three things that the three reasons i'm motivated to do that just right now i haven't thought about that for a second but it's one of those like so that was one of, but a lot of times I'll say things and then I come back and I'm like, well, that was a stupid thing to say. And that it's funny you bring that quote up because that I've thought about that all week long. Really? Yeah. Cause it was like, of course you have to write a book on dialogue. Like of course, <laughs> not just, not just to like, you know, potentially put it in the world, like put ideas in the world, but to establish myself as an authority. Yeah. I need those. Like I need that. Like I need to be doing the at some point like podcast interviews and mm-hmm. like trying to speak at conferences and that's a skill set I have from other lives, right? Like, you know, I've done a lot of public speaking, so like that's yeah. And I've never I've only done one author interview. I did it two weeks ago with uh, Mark Leslie Lefebvre, um for the. <laughs> and i was funny i thought it was horrible but he we we hung up the recording and i was like man i talked like a freaking motor mouth and i didn't shut up and i was i covered like 50 topics and, like, and i was like he's probably pissed and he, he we turned off the recording and he goes you're a fucking natural <laughs> like yeah <laughs> so it's like of course like i have to get into that so yes i'm glad you bring that up because i've i've been walking that back personal internally a lot. Yeah. yeah yeah not that that i really do feel that the most value i can offer an individual writer is the one-on-one coaching yeah, absolutely um, but that's that'll become the premium though and that's okay. uh, like so 
we're kind of jumping from high level to low level, but like what you want, the, the thing that you enjoy the most, the thing that you're most passionate about, the thing that you would do if you, even if you didn't get paid, yeah. that, that is your premium product. And that's what you're going to charge the most for. Okay. So just like I said, not, not anything specific right now, but I would, I would keep that in mind. So, you know, like I, I'll give you an example. Sean Coyne will not take on a manuscript for less than $70,000. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, cause now he, he loves doing that, but like in order for him to have impact and for his message to scale, he can't do that with one-on-ones, but that's what he loves doing. So, yeah. so he makes that the ultimate, like, and, and really what you're talking about here is, levels of access you know yeah. someone has very little access to you when they read your book the other end of the spectrum is they have complete access to you if if they're your one-on-one -on -one client and the yeah. only client you take like you might get to a point where you're like i take one client at a time and yeah. i charge 50 grand a book and you know like and and so um that's and i i think that's something you can hold on to and you, i guess what i'm trying to say is you don't have to choose so don't, don't think of it as a choice. Like, well, I either have to write a book or I have to work with people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you can do all of it. Not, yes. not at first, but you can. Yeah. Not at the same time, uh, yeah. which is where my personality goes. Like I can do it all now. Um, yeah. yeah. That's really good to hear. Uh, that's good to hear. So what are some of the questions you were wrestling with this week that we wanted to talk about tonight? So I stayed focused on this week on, customer segments and value propositions. Yes. I didn't move out of those two because I wanted to get, you know, reading that I went, I got it. I got a copy of this book and read it too. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> so <laughs> reading that book, it's like, and then the story brand as well, like, you know, they, they're, they flow really well together. Yeah. Um, and so understanding like who my customer is and then who I am as a guide was super important. So I worked up these archetypes I, I love them. This? Yeah, they're so good. I have it up right now. Okay. So I, am I close? Like, I felt like I was doing this and I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm like describing writers. I know like I've been around the world for six, the, the like indie world for six years. So I'm like, I've met a lot of people. Yeah. I'm like, but I also feel like sometimes I can get off like rabbit holes and be like, I, you know, I'm describing this, but is this anywhere even near? So my first question is like, how did you, am I close? How did you feel about it? I thought this was amazing. Like okay. I, I, you came up with more archetypes than I did. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, these are good. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I mean, this okay. is, this is phenomenal. Uh, I, I think you've, you know, you've really been thoughtful about, who these people are. And I think if you were looking at specific people that, you know, that's a great way of doing this. Yeah. That, I, that's all I could do was like, I'm just going to mm -hmm. group some people in my head. Um, so my next question that makes me really happy, by the way, I'm, I'm yeah, it's, crying it's, on the inside, but not exactly. here. Cause you, cause we're recording. <laughs> um, <so, laughs> crying on the inside, on the outside. I'm just going to smile. Um, a <laughs> good clown. Uh, so of these archetypes, which is my segment in your experience? Because you have a, a ton more experience with this than I do. Like, which is, is the segment I'm shooting for? 
I think that's a question you have to answer. I know that's just give me the answer. <laughs> just tell me what to do. Yeah. So like, well, all right. So I, I think one of the things you have to ask yourself is how, how do you arrive at the satisfaction based on what someone does with your help? Like, does that matter to you? Like if you help a total hobbyist versus helping someone who is, a full-time writer and needs to pay their mortgage with it. Does, does, are those the same in your eyes? That's a great question. I used to get really, I did some business consulting where like I'd help people do like change management on the side. And w one of the things that made me more angry than anything else is when I would spend time giving someone advice and then they, they Didn't wouldn't, use it yeah. <laughs> and I don't care if they like if they processed it and were like I'm going another way I was like awesome I'm glad I could I could help you figure that out but when they acted like I hadn't given them anything at all it drove me insane yeah <laughs> so yep. I want to avoid that um that feeling of like yeah I'm making money by spending time with you but I don't actually think I'm making a difference. Yes. In you. Yeah. But I'm unsure who that. Well, I, I'll tell you, like, you're going to find that person in all of these archetypes, but I think there's a couple that we could probably scrap. Like, I, I, don't delete this, whatever you do. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Keep I this, keep right? everything. Yeah. But, um, like, looking, just glancing at this, like the success indie stories. Yeah. Um, that's probably not for you. Um, no, not for a long time anyway. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, you know, they, they are going to, because they've had some success, they're going to be much more resistant to feedback. Yeah. Um, I would and to also, trusting me. Like yeah. I'm not, you kind of have to be one of them yes. and I'm not. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would say uh, the tenacious newcomers, I would also kind of temporarily scratch them. Okay. Um, what my experience with the people who are pursuing traditional publishing is that they are very skeptical of any advice or guidance unless you're established in that world. Yeah. So, um, that's my experience. Too. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't help them, but, uh, they, they want to know, like, do you have connections with agents? Do you know yeah. editors at random house or, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I would say, yeah, success indie, probably not. Tenacious newcomers, probably not. Um, the trad pub pursuers, probably not either, but for the same reason. Yeah, my, my experience with them, and I have a little bit, is that you tend to need to have that academic background to get mm -hmm. their respect. Yes. Um, they don't actually care how many books you publish. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think, I think so that leaves us flirtatious possible second lifers and not yet. Yeah. I think all three of those are possible archetypes that, that you could work with market to. Um, I, I ideally what I'd like you to do is kind of start with one, but, yeah. uh, those three archetypes would be the most, um, that's the lowest hanging fruit. Okay. I would say, I would say the, the second lifers might be what I consider to be your, 
your most promising archetype. Okay. The reason I say that is the second lifers tend to have two things the others don't. They tend to have more time and they tend to have more disposable income. Yeah. And so they are, um, they're not pinching pennies. They're willing to pay someone for expertise. Yeah. And I, I would put myself in the not yet category mm-hmm. and g- getting money, which you've probably felt getting money out of me is like, <laughs> you have to literally drag me down a road to give me to pay for anything. So, so I, while like I'm emotionally drawn to that crew um, because I find myself to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, I also recognize that like getting them to pay for anything is yeah and and like this is um in in all seriousness like this is a this is something to think about authors as a whole don't have a lot of money yeah so uh, it's something i've struggled with over time and i think i've sort of adjusted my expectations accordingly but for good reason you know most authors are not not making a living at it um they're they're they have to save up their money they have to work extra jobs for it so they are rightfully protective of, of that money. Um, and like you said, they don't let loose of it easily. Um, and so that's why I think like, you know, the second lifers would definitely yeah. be a good place to start. Um, the flirtatious possibles, I think could be a close second. The reason I say that is because um, where you have them in their twenties and thirties, they tend to have fewer of the life commitments at that point. And, yeah. and they're more willing to invest in themselves. I also have a good connection into that world through mm. my friend, Joe. He runs the right practice. That's what I came up through. Um, he was teaching a short story course, like how to write a short story. Um, and I happened to just find him on the internet by accident. Like I was oh, wow. literally just writing like, how do I write a better short story? Yeah. Um, and I came through his course and he and I have – I write for his, I used to, not so, I stopped back in September, but I used to write two articles a month for his blog, um, which is all, it's solely focused on the flirtatious possibles. Like, ah, okay. let's teach you to write simple things about writing, how to discover your genre. Like, you know, people, first timers playing, He's get, he gets huge boosts around NaNoWriMo. Like, that's kind yeah. of a huge, like, you know. but yeah so i could see them being a secondary group um but i think i i really think you have a lot of wisdom in what you're saying about the second lifers yeah and and uh you know you you don't you, you don't have to have just one archetype but if you look at the difference between the flirtatious possibles and the second lifers the messages and the marketing would be radically different yeah 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 just in their needs and like yeah okay that's super helpful so now i know where to focus yeah which is great when we come to the value proposition Mm -hmm. um before i switch gears is there anything else i i need to know about the archetype now that i have kind of a, a draft of what i'm looking at uh no, I mean, like I said, this, this draft is fantastic. And I, I would say if you go, I would say start with second lifers. Okay. I think that's probably the best fit for you and what you want to do. Okay. 
Yeah. Great. Um, okay, so I'll head in that direction. When it comes to the value proposition, mm -hmm. um, what I did on my canvasser sheet is I, I put down kind of values, like things that I feel I can offer. So coaching, yeah. character design, specific character stuff. And then I talked about like things that I can do. And I had like group courses, building a manuscript together, coaching calls, editing scripts, and then like other values that I had. So I, I had a couple questions. Like my first question is kind of, is do I need to start distilling into those three services now um, that I have the, my character segment? Are you in the value prop box? Yeah, I'm in the value prop box. Okay. Um, all right, so, okay, so in the value prop box, what you have there, other than that, the first one is closest to the value prop. The other ones are more like key activities. Okay. So that, that's getting into like, what services are you going to offer? Okay. The value prop is what, what are you, what is your unique offering that, that people can't get anywhere else? What, what is your secret sauce? Gotcha. Okay. I think that's where we can fold into your qualifications, your life experience, your current work experience. Gotcha. So this is more like what makes me special. Yes. As opposed to what do I do? Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I need to come back to this. Yeah. Think, of, think about it on a higher level. Think about, um, I, I wouldn't have you do this because I, I think it's too businessy, but Think of like mission statement, okay. statement of purpose, something along those lines. Okay. Um, right. Like I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, mine is uh, turning struggling writers into career authors. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I think so, I've actually heard you say that. Yeah. Um, that is, so, so as you think about value prop, again, if we go back to story brand, if you want to frame it from the context of your clients or the people who are coming to you, you want to show a change of state. So what are they when they arrive? And then what are they after they work with you? Okay. And that's a good way to think through your value prop. Gotcha. Okay. And that's good to think, to have a customer segment to kind of think of that in terms yes. of is good too. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're going to need like a log line version, which is well, like what I just said. So if someone, if someone meets me on the street and like, Oh, Hey, what do you do? And I say, Oh, I turn struggling writers into career authors. Gotcha. So that you need, that's the hot, that's the hardest one to get to though. Cause you have to distill down to that. So give yourself yeah. the, the freedom to kind of just throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and then start winnowing it down to what you think that one statement could be. Okay. Okay. So that, I get, yeah, is that, that my homework this week? That's, yeah, that's definitely okay. part of it. I mean, that, that's going to give you um, a ton of focus because okay. it's going to, it's going to, it's going to laser you into, okay, what exactly am I offering? And I'm not talking about like the packages or the individual services, but what is the transformation you are helping people gotcha. go through? 
I love that. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else I should be working on this week? Let me go back to, okay. So I put, um, I, I'll tell you what I'd like to do. Yeah. Um, I put on your question document, I dropped a story brand chart that I made a few years ago. Um, it might be oh. cool for us to go through your story brand chart next week. Okay. And I think there's a link somewhere in the book or on the story brand website where you can just type it in if that, if you'd prefer to type as opposed to handwrite. Gotcha. It's sort of like the Kamenizer, but it's for story brand. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll okay. kind of tie the, the BMC to the story brand and, and sort of overlay the, the character journey on top of it. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. I will 100% do that. Cool. That sounds great. Um, like I said, I, I don't need our full, I don't think I need our full time this week, but so is there anything, any other big questions you, you want to tackle before next week? I don't think so. I think um, I'm intentionally trying to slow myself down and just take yeah. one step at a time. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I'm really impressed you read the architect document. That looks, it looks like a beautiful mind scatter plot craziness to me. <laughs> Thanks for taking that in. I think, so as I think about value prop, I shouldn't yet be thinking about types of payment and services and stuff like that. That's not part of the value prop. Just clarifying. No, okay. no that, that would be more customer relationships. Okay. You know, like how are you, how are you, um, yeah. What? Yeah. How are you interacting with people, um, both in the service? Okay. Um, yeah. So, so key activities would be like the things that you're doing that are for gotcha. the packages. The customer relationships would be the actual packages themselves. Okay. That helps. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's you. This was fantastic. Helping me narrow down that customer window and, solidifying what I should be looking for in the value prop. Um, and I think I can do the story brand chart. I mean, I can at least attempt it. <laughs> yeah. Or just a, a rough, just a rough version, you know? Yeah. I, be... I started doing it as I was doing the book in my head and I was uh -huh. like, I'm not going to move forward with this too much because, you know, I want to make sure to do this right. Like take it a step at a time or, um, but yeah, anyway. So no, I think I'm good. I think I've got, Cool. I can't think of any other questions to ask. All right. Yeah. Excellent. If you'd like to know more about starting an author business or improving the one you have, go to theauthorlife.com.